0: Welcome to Chemo Glow, where the glow doesn't define me, I define the glow. Back in December 2018, I was actually at dinner with my favorite guys, and they were helping me set up my YouTube channel for Chemo Glow. Listen in. Hey guys, it's
1: Chemo Glow, and I just hope my auntie set up her YouTube channel. Videos coming soon. Can't see your page right now. So, yeah, videos will be posted soon. Hope
0: you enjoy. Now, what's so special about this video, besides me not knowing how to set up my own YouTube channel, is that their mother is one of my dearest friends. And not too long after we made this video, she called me and said, Hey, we have more than one thing in common. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So this interview that I'm about to do was bittersweet because she is one of the few people that I- I'm at like a loss for words. I've been trying to do this intro for like like an hour now because I keep crying and stuff. So you know what, guys? I'm just going to let this one roll. I hope you enjoy episode 7. Life is meant to be lived, and that is exactly what she's doing. Enjoy it. This is Regina with Chemo Glow. You are listening to my seventh podcast, but my guest that I have here today has been mentioned in at least six of them. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to have her because actually tomorrow marks my nine-year mark. So to have you here is going to be great because you outside of my husband have seen every transition I have made through my journey and I use the word journey because we've been through it different ways different times different experiences and Uh it's gonna be real interesting talking to you but go ahead and introduce yourself
1: my name is Cassandra Casanova I live in Harrisburg North Carolina with my three children and my dog
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) where is that dog
1: he is downstairs.
0: Okay, so we might hear him. <laughs> right, just the my eye get my door closed, so he
1: may stand and decide to bark. Okay,
0: <laughs> where are my babies at? With
1: their
0: dad. Oh, those are my babies right there. Those are my guys. I call them my guys. Anybody knows me when I'm talking about my guys, I'm talking about them because they were truly a lifeline. But I know you're happy that you have the weekend all to As- yourself.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jesus.
0: <laughs> what you been doing with COVID nineteen since you've been in the house? Since what, March something?
1: Uh, I have been the housekeeper, the cook, the teacher, <laughs> referee, the banker, the mom, the chauffeur. I mean, just that's what I've been doing. Everything.
0: Everything. 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 With no tips.
1: With no tips. This this I hate it here. <laughs>
0: I told someone today I was going to go live in my car because I cannot. I just, I cannot. I need 10 minutes by myself, so I cannot. But, uh, so, I've known you for how long? At least, since 98. I moved to Charlotte, and I met you before I moved to Charlotte through Jewel.
2: Right.
0: Yes, back in the good old days.
1: Charlotte in 98? I moved in 98.
0: So we knew each other before then. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah.
1: I met Jewel in Raleigh when we worked for National Security Services, and I met you before I came back to Charlotte.
0: Oh goodness, we've known each other a long, long time.
1: Right, right. It's been it's been a minute.
0: <laughs> it's been a minute. Still look good though. Still look yeah, good. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so I met you then. Um, uh, my last guest, uh, Sakar mentioned that you give these like do these wonderful mountain trips hmm Yeah? So we've been doing the mountain trips. How long have you been doing them now? At least
1: 10 years.
0: 10 years. At least. At least 10 years. And I remember on one of those mountain trips, you surprised us and told us that you were pregnant. I did. That, that
1: was in 2006 mountain trip. Yes. I was probably six months when I announced... Um that I was pregnant during that trip. And it was super, super hard yeah. to hide a secret from everybody. But it was important for me to um, be out of the woods because, you know, you, you know the past. Yes. And that I've lost. Um, so it was just very, very nerve wrecking And mm-hmm. I wanted to just really hold close to my heart until I really felt like I was in a safe space.
0: Yeah. And that was actually... My last trip that I went on before this last one, and I was coming out of um, chemotherapy. My hair started growing back, so it was actually like great to hear that news because that means we had another guy coming. Yep, (laughs) and now he's what five, six, seven? How old is he? In June. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! He is grown. Uh So, tell me a little bit about your experience with with the glow or with with anyone that you've known going through cancer, even with my situation. Because some of y'all don't know, I practically live with Cassandra in Charlotte. Like, that is my home away from home. That is my peace. She has allowed me to drive down there for nine years and stay the night, um, a couple of nights, (laughs) and (laughs) practically live with you and your family. And even when I was just coming down just to get away because... Home for me was Charlotte. Cancer was in Durham. So I used to run to Charlotte, barely can move, barely can walk. But coming to your house actually brought me so much peace. And your boys really helped me out. So your experience just with me, knowing a friend being diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So how was it for you?
1: Um, When you shared with me that you had cancer, it was uh almost surreal mm-hmm. because you were the the first person that I consider a real true friend mm-hmm. to have gotten that type of news. And when you shared it 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 like took the wind out of me almost. Mm-hmm. But after the initial moment of just shock, then I felt like how do we beat this? Yeah. What what do we do? What is first? What is second? What is third? And I just wanted to know what you was going to have to go through so I could try to figure out in my mind how I could be there, even though you were in Durham. And it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a lot that I could do because mm-hmm. you were in Durham and, you know, you had Tavares and Tavares was standing over you holding all tight. So mm-hmm. I knew you were in good hands, but as a friend, I just wanted to know, okay, so what's
0: next? Mm-hmm. And I actually called you and said, um, could you go pick up my wedding dress? <laughs> Cause I'm gonna mm-hmm. cut that thing up if I get it. Cause the day that I was, you know, I got the news. Um, they called me and said my wedding dress was ready. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy. And I just remember calling you asking if you could pick it up. And he was like, "I got it. Where's it at? Which one? I got it." Right. And um, I was talking to Vanessa on a previous podcast, and I forgot. Like all three of y'all rode up and <laughs> rode up there, brought me my wedding dress. We went out to eat, and then Vanessa told me she got a ticket on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> that she uh had points on her license for four years because of it. <laughs> but that's what kind of friends we right. are. And um, like I said earlier, like, if I had to call three people, it would be you, it would be Jewel, and it would be Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting it in. But during that time that... Um, when I started to come back to Charlotte because of work, you also experienced just seeing me in the different stages of it.
2: Absolutely.
0: And um, go ahead. And when
1: you, I'll never forget when you took your wig off, and it was the first time that I saw your head ball. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it, it was real. It mm-hmm. was very real and raw. You were just no frills, and was like, "Girl, the same." i took it off. And laid it on the <laughs> headboard, footboard head. bed. Just laid there like it was a mannequin head. <laughs> and Chris came in the room, and we were both like kind of wondering how they were going to respond. Yeah, yeah. And they had like one, nothing. <laughs> I mean, I
0: think it took them back for a minute, but they didn't say anything. They just looked up. <laughs> it, it didn't say anything. It was <laughs> crazy because your boys cared for me during that time, too. They wouldn't let mm-hmm. me bring my luggage up. Um, I told them I wanted a root beer, and they are like, you can't be drinking alcohol. And I was like, uh, root beer, please. <laughs> um, I remember break dancing downstairs. They just uh-huh. gave me life. And when I was fortunate enough and I... Um, was pregnant with my girls, I remember your smallest just holding on to my belly. And I was like, wow, this is what's, you know, this is where it's out. This is what friends do for each other. And, yeah. um, I always say thank you for that because it is hard to come into somebody else's home and right. be able to be open, honest, and free. You know, here I am missing a boob and then I'm missing another boob. Then my hair falling out then my skin is burnt off. Yeah. And you are just like, come on in come on in.
1: i see i didn't see any of that cuz mm-hmm. i
2: don't
1: see my friends in the physical mm-hmm. i see for for who they are on the inside so while you were going through that and i did see the stages i saw the black fingertips mm-hmm. and i saw the all head i I don't even see y'all when i see y'all if that makes any yeah, sense it like, does i see your 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 personality your spirit your inner beauty so the outside of you None
0: of that mattered to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what was important because every time you walk in a room, you know, when you're being when you've been diagnosed and people now know mm-hmm. everybody's looking at you different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. treating you different. See
1: how you look.
0: Yes, how you look, what's going on. And then some people who wanna help, they only want to be there to shine versus helping you. And i yeah, were
1: able to say I did. I did. I I was. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so, have you experienced anybody else um, going through cancer?
1: Um. Yes. I, uh. You were first. Um. I mean, we have some cancer in my family. Yeah. But from a friend perspective, Sakara, one of my best friends, Sakara mm-hmm. uh, went through cancer. Uh oh. That Can was that. Something?
0: That was me. My phone is supposed to be on do not disturb and. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um.
1: She she experienced cancer, breast cancer as well. Um, so we we went through that journey together with her. Mm-hmm. It was it was super shocking for one for you to have been diagnosed with cancer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and her was diagnosed with cancer. I was just like, wow, yeah. kind of what the hell, yeah. And then when I was diagnosed, diagnosed with, with cancer. It was just like, what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. So it, you know, but my cancer diagnosis was, um, I think, a a bigger surprise for anyone because Mm -hmm. we have males in my family with cancer. No woman in my family ever, on either side, has ever had breast cancer. So I'm a first on both sides of my family, but. I now know as a result of my genetic makeup that they did, as I was going through my cancer, that the female variation of breast cancer comes from prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And and my dad does have prostate cancer. So that gene, you know, made its way to me.
0: Surprise. (laughs) And and tell us, um, what was your life like right before you were diagnosed and how did it happen?
1: So I was always extremely heavy chested Mm -hmm. from high school on through my breasts just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And after years and years and years of having these triple E, sometimes G breasts, um, I decided I want a breast reduction. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went through the process, got approved, went for my breast reduction, had my new tatas and they were fantastic.
0: Beautiful. I I seen them. They were fantastic.
1: (laughs) Sitting up like I was 18 again. (laughs) And I got to enjoy them for all of two weeks. Um, My two-week checkup, my first actual checkup after my reduction, I went in, my mom took me, um, the doctor said, I have good news and I have bad news. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, kind of bad news could you possibly have i said okay and he said um the bad news is we took your tissue off and it's customary that we send it to the lab for testing
2: mm-hmm. your
1: tissue tested positive for cancer and i was like who tissue not
0: mine not mine
1: mm-hmm. we talking to?" You. and he said won't, want 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 because that's all i heard after yeah. he said your tissue tissue tested positive for cancer so as he's going I stopped him and I was like can somebody go get my mother out the waiting room yeah don't say another word to me because I'm not hearing you at this moment and and I mean he started spewing and I've already made an appointment with an oncologist at that time I didn't even know what the fuck an oncologist was Mm mm-hmm Mm -hmm. and you go to the oncologist on monday i mean because you went through cancer but we didn't talk in medical terms like that i didn't know that your doctor you go to the doctor you say i'm going to the doctor you you, if you did say oncologist i heard it but it went over my head yeah so he's like i got you set up you'll see da 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 da." on monday that's the oncologist and we'll remove the breast and i'll give you a nice implant and i'm like
2: remove breast wait a minute
0: Wait a minute. Yeah. Like, hold up. You just gave me my 18-year-old boobies back. Now right. we're talking about removing breasts and cancer.
1: Right. And I, the honest-to-goodness thing that I walked away from that appointment, because he went through all of his spiel, and I immediately said, I live in Harrisburg. You are in Gastonia. I will not be seeing your oncologist because... This is not a distance that I'm willing to travel for. This what's about to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, I understand. You know, I support you. Da, 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 let me know who I need to send your records to. Da, da, da. And I left and I called the car in the car.
2: Mm-hmm. And I asked
1: her if she was home and she said, yes, what's up? And she's her 100 percent bubbly, cheerful self. Mm-hmm. I need to see you. I, I'll stop by on my way home. And she knew I was at the doctor for my follow-up appointment. And she started with the what's wrong and voice shaking. And I said, Sakara, I will see you in a minute. And I got to her house and I said, I need to tell you something. And I mean, I didn't even really get it out. and She was already bawling. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sakara, don't do that. Because yeah. at that point, I hadn't cried, I don't think. Because yeah. I was in shock. Um. I said, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I knew that, that the, the breaking, the tipping point was like right there. Yeah. I kept saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, she, and I told her, and I was like, I just need your information. I need to know who your doctors are. I need to know how do who do I call at Levine's? How do I, like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So started writing down all her doctor's names and numbers and telling me, you know, do this and do that, do this with, it. you know, trying to China just giving me an idea. And from that, from that moment on, you know, it was just like a whirlwind.
0: It, yeah, because you shut down. You're in shock. I still remember when you called me, I was getting my lashes done. And I was like, I have missed Cassandra's call. She's called a couple of times. I get in the car, I call you, and your exact words is like, we got more than one thing in common. And already knew what it was. <laughs> and I was like, and like you said, it takes your breath away. Because mm-hmm. you are the first friend, dear friend that I had, that I consider my inner circle. To hear mm-hmm. that from you, I was devastated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: However, I was like, okay, so what are we going to do next? Mm-hmm. What's next? Because mm-hmm. I know how you move. And I yeah. know you're a private person. So I know yeah. you haven't called or contacted many people. Right. And you're like, what's next? And then I thought about my guys, my boys. Mm -hmm. What's next? How do you do this? Because at the time I didn't have kids when I was diagnosed.
2: Right. So
0: to have children and to have a home and it's still you still gotta push through. And you just finished the surgery. Oh yeah. And your house, uh, you were getting something done, you was getting work done on your house. I had a flood
1: in my kitchen and the contractor that I hired uh later to find out was bootleg and <laughs> he in kitchen. He everything he touched he 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 damaged, made it. And it was. So you know, it was just, my house was in shambles. I'm going through a, a, a very messy, ugly separation slash divorce. Um, I'm, my house is flooded. And it was just, it was a lot at one point um, for anybody. And I consider myself to be a strong woman. Mm-hmm. A strong woman. Ha- everyone has a breaking point And I was really, um, you know, hitting the wall and, and bouncing back for another shot at it and hitting the wall and mm-hmm. bouncing back for but sooner or later that wall got closer and closer and I couldn't bounce anymore. I just I had nowhere to go and I hit the, wall, you hit the um, wall. with the cancer diagnosis.
0: So how did you deal with your like your family and telling them?
1: so when we left the doctor, we went to Kim's house, which is my my baby sister. Mm-hmm. and We called Nisha on on the on the phone on speaker. And I told them at the same time that I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and, you know, they tell you it was very early. That's what the doctor said was the good news. That it's very early.
2: early. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we caught it extremely early. You know, you're very lucky, blah, blah, blah. But when you tell your family, when you tell your sisters mm-hmm. of whom you are super close with that you have cancer, they don't care nothing about no stage. Mm-mm. They hear the stage Kim took it way better than I thought she was because yeah. she's the more emotional one of the two. Nisha was like, I got to go. I'll call you back. And hung up. Yeah. So she took it extremely hard. By that time, I think my mom was kind of getting right with it. Uh-huh. Um, I was in denial, literally denial, mm-hmm. all up until after mama said to me. Okay. So I went back for my first follow up after my mastectomy and Dr. Hazek said when we you know took the tissue and we examined the tissue you had cancer in all four quadrants mm-hmm. of your breast. If you think about your breast and you break it into quadrants, she said there were cancer cells in every area of that breast and until she said that I was convinced that they were still wrong and it was it was wrong and somebody messed up in the lab.
0: <laughs> I remember that because I went with you to was it your first appointment with Kim, with the mm-hmm. onco- with the surgical oncologist? Mm-hmm. And your surgical oncologist, let me tell you, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, how she explained stuff was she was very direct, but she was still sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she explained it, and you had questions, and she was you know answering them back. How you handled that, um, she did it very well. I thought. Mm-hmm. Because since I've sat in a couple of people's uh, first appointments and I'd be mm-hmm. like, girl, you need to run. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. That doctor run. should not have a license. <laughs> like, oh, <wow. laughs> like, run, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I knew that when she was talking to you, you still was like, all right. All right. Y'all, you know, Enough. there must <laughs> it must be a mistake, right?
1: No, yeah? I believe nothing. All
0: hogwashed to me. Yeah. And I remember going back, Kim and I, going back to your room before they put you under. You were still like, all right. And then I could see it when they yeah. started talking about other things. They got me wrong. Yeah. It's still not me. Let me see that name tag. That's not me. Right. <laughs> Run them
1: charts again. It's wrong. Like, I'm going to do this because y'all telling me that
0: it's me. But in my heart, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> Well, how did you um, did you go right back to work?
1: No, I took. Um, it, it got very intense after my my mastectomy. They expected me to go back to work in three weeks, full on back to work.
0: I think that's Europe. ridiculous.
1: Um, and I not only was I not physically healed, my my mental health was the worst. Excuse me. There has been one event in my life. That at that time, mm-hmm. my, that's the worst my mental health has ever been dealing with that event. But this this is the second. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I'm raising my hand and raising my hand and saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And like, no one was hearing me. Yeah. They all they cared about was your physical health. Yep. And yeah. And based on this chart and this model and this graph, you can go to work. Yeah. Because there goes back this soon. And I kept saying, but my mental health, but my mental health. Yeah. But my, and I had to really advocate for myself and fight for myself and make my voice heard and say, I am telling you guys, I am not in a place mentally.
2: Uh huh.
1: Forget physically. Physically, I, can, I you're right. I probably can't go to work, but mentally I'm not in a place. And so, you know, through that, I was able to stay out an extra two months. Oh, um, that's which, great. Yeah, which I
0: needed. You need that. I was lucky enough to have a husband um, who was able to work from wherever we were. Mm-hmm. If I was sitting through chemo, if I was doing whatever. But if I had to go back to work and as soon as they said go back to work, mm-hmm. oh, I would have been no good. And then I had the job, a job that allowed me at that time to work whenever I needed to work. And they did not stop paying me. And I was a contract worker and he still paid me. So when they say go back to work in three weeks and you got drains hanging from your body, you know, those drains tend to stink after a while. If you don't, um, you don't clean them out and you're just not yourself. But mentally, they kick you out of the hospital and then you go back to work in three, three weeks with your body a whole different way. Now, did Uh you? now, did you have reconstruction at the same time that you uh, had your first surgery? I did not. I just had my
1: mastectomy, and mm-hmm. then I had to go back subsequent for reconstruction. Okay. So the reconstruction part was. Uh, let me see, I had my mastectomy in February, and I don't. I'm not good. I know some people can spit these dates. Hmm body's business they're not dates that are ingrained in my mind Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um that i really try to forget because it was it wasn't a very good time in my life exactly Um, but and when i say um reconstruction i had the what do you call them spacers
0: yeah yeah the um expanders in
1: expanders
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um so we started with that so when I got the mastectomy, um, I had recently just had the reduction on the on both breasts, but mm-hmm. then we took the right breast off. Um, so we had the expanders in, and I expanded up to where I was comfortable, which took maybe about six six weeks.
0: Yes, and those puppies are hard. They what you hard, and they and and they'll be like, "Oh, you're fine. We'll give take some Tylenol." Did you take anything before your appointment when they were uh, expanding?
1: Um, I didn't, I didn't. I just kind of grand and buried. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I still had so much other stuff going on. I didn't take anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause at this time you still have your voice.
1: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm all for all intents and purposes, a single mom, um, doing it all. The mm-hmm. son of come down and surgery. You know, I had an awesome support center, um, system. You included my family, other friends, but at the end of the day, when the lights go down, it's me. And when, when the eyes open in the morning, it's me. And yep. drain eye it's me. And I did have people here staying here to help. Yeah. But, but your kids are your kids. And when they want someone, they want their mom.
0: They want their mom. Well, How did you tell your kids?
1: Um, I just sat, took them in the playroom and sat them on the couch and and said, you know, I kind of referenced you. And I said, you remember what I went through? Um, she had cancer. And I said, and I have cancer too. And they started crying. It was very emotional. Mm-hmm. I started crying. Um, Caden kept saying, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. And Christian, who is my non emotional child, um, he just cried. He
2: mm-hmm.
1: just buried his head in his hands and he just cried. Yeah. And I you know, I kept trying to reassure them, I'm not going nowhere. I'm yeah. not going this is nothing. I got this. I ain't going nowhere. So, you know, we kind of talked through it as a family. Um, I didn't share it with Cameron. I just felt he was entirely too young. Yeah. Um, But we talked through it as a family, and I, you know, I gave them the love and the support that they needed at that time. And then, you know, I'm like, whenever y'all have questions, just come ask. Don't be afraid. And we processed through it that way, so it wasn't that bad.
0: So with um, going through, having everyone there, I don't know about you, like I didn't have, because I was in a new city, newly married, um, mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone come to the house. And um, and sometimes it wasn't because I didn't have them. I didn't have my family from Charlotte close.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so how was it with, um, did you ever have to kick anybody out? Did you ever have to deal with the situation with friends where like for me, I thought they were there for me, but really they only wanted to be there if they could put it on Facebook or if they could, you know, shout their own praises. Did you have any snowflakes in your life?
1: I did. You know, um, people, you really learn a lot about your friends during this process. And I did have some friends that I expected to, to be a certain way or act a certain Mm -hmm. way or be there who were not. And I had some friends who I did not expect to show up as much as they did, and they showed up more than I had anticipated from that particular person. Um, I didn't have to kick anybody out, mm-hmm. but you know, it was it was times because you're still in a very emotional state. Yes, and you you you're processing what's happening to you on a physical level, but you're also processing emotionally, and it just sometimes it got to be a lot. Yeah. And so, retreat inside myself and you know pe- because I knew people were always coming from a place of love yes it's a place of I'm team Cassandra and I want to be there but sometimes it did get to be too much mm-hmm. so I you know take a nap or you know tell people I'm about to take a nap or I'm just going to go in my room or I'm gonna lay in my bed and I, and I and if I'm entertaining and people are there I'll just stop talking slowly
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and it creates that awkward silence and then people kind of get the hint Mm-hmm um, but it was it was nothing that was in a bad or negative yeah. way. You're still dealing, and you know that your friends want to be there. And for the ones who were snowflakes, I no longer
0: deal with them. And it's and it's truly okay. And it's okay to need your peace. I think mm-hmm. sometimes when we're going through, for me, faith, um, yes, it's a big thing in my life. But people act like if you, if you needed that moment by yourself that you Mm -hmm. didn't have faith. And that wasn't it. And I always used to say, come talk to me once you get yours chopped off. And now Mm -hmm. I can say, I know Mm -hmm. what you're going through based Mm -hmm. on that. And if it's coming from love, it's in a good place. They know that. And the folks who fall off from the wayside, hey, it it gives you more more space. Yep. Give you more peace of mind. So. How are you feeling now, now that you, how many years are you, you're going on a year? You're over a year out now. I was
1: one year on February the 25th. Mm-hmm. I'm still, um, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm in a in a great place right now in my life in general. I'm still dealing with things. We all are, you yeah. know, got to, to deal with it. So I'm still adulting, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm in the one of the most positive places that I have been in a very long time. Wow. I have one surgery to have. Uh COVID-19 screwed my surgery up, so um, my surgery was rescheduled for August, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll have one last little nip tuck for the reconstruction to fix just some symmetry issues that I had a concern with. And then, you know, I can get my life back and, and the rest of my life going
0: to be the best of my life. The best of your life. Like 2020 has started off a little a little ratchet, a little, little bad. But, but it ain't because of cancer. It's because right. of the world right now. So right. I can't wait for us to get back to what now everybody used to talk about like cancer. It's a new normal after cancer. It's truly going to be a new normal after we get through this.
2: Yeah, you're
0: absolutely right. So it's truly going to be a new normal. So out of all this, you said you're in your best mental health space ever. Uh, What do you take from going through this? Because last year, um, like you said, you went to go have a reduction done and you got a surprise. Mm -hmm. So uh, where are you at now and what do you take from this? I know you say you're in your best be- space ever. Have you celebrated, like, did any walks? Or has anybody called you and said, hey, I know you was diagnosed, and um, can you help
2: me?
1: Um, I have done. I did. I've always been a breast cancer advocate, um, mm-hmm. especially since you were diagnosed. But I did my, my first walk this past October with my team, Casanova Cuties. Yes, we were
0: and-
2: cute.
1: We were cute. I we had a lot of support. So I did that, and I, I did paint the wall pink.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I've, I've gotten involved. I am not one of those people who has to shout it from rooftops, be on every set and every scene saying I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. I don't meet those accolades like that. I'm, yeah. I'm just private. Um, So I think that I do what's comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. I, I always wear the badge of pink. Um. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, you know, I'm happy to move on from it. Um, it taught me one thing that it taught me is that nobody's invincible. Because nope. I never, and, and you know, I never would have thought that I would be diagnosed with breast cancer at 45 years old. But it, it taught me that, you know, one don't sweat, don't sweat the small stuff. Things that I used to worry about mm-hmm.
2: and
1: get overly worked up over and care about pre cancer, post cancer. Mm-hmm. Could give a part, <laughs> <laughs> I really could, and so I think that's the biggest lesson that has taught me is you know, don't sweat small stuff, prioritize. Yeah, if it's not part of your peace it's part of your problem. Yeah, and it's 2020 and beyond is about protecting my peace. If you don't fall in that space.
0: I don't have time for you. Yeah, I I can't mess with you. Right, right. Well, I thank you so much because I know you are a private person. I am. And I wanted to do a round um, table, actually at your house, in the basement, because she got a, what you call your den downstairs? My panther's cave. Your panther's cave, which hopefully if we can get through all this, I would like to really have... We can
1: do a round table, girl. yes.
0: When? And just talk about it when when we can get out this quarantine session. Okay. <laughs> but I won't keep you because it's a kid free weekend. Yes, yes, we're
1: gonna have some
0: libations. Hey, some more libations. So, some more libations. And you best believe that your godchildren, my daughters, will be checking you out on the weekends. So I'm gonna have a kid free weekend. Hey, I got you, boo. I got you. <laughs> I got <laughs> All right. Thank you, Cassandra. All right. All right. Love you, honey. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Sound editing is provided by Josh Masters. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Connect with Chemo Glow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find more content at chemoglow.com.